0: Two others, also who are criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus, there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching, scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals was hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, "'Do you not fear God, "'since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, "'and we indeed have been condemned justly, "'for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds.' "'But this man, he's done nothing wrong.' Then he said, "'Jesus, remember me "'when you come into your kingdom.' And he replied, "'Truly I tell you, "'today you will be with me in paradise.'" It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, certainly this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for this spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. They stood there watching Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, die on the cross. You may be seated. Through reading and study lately, I have been imagining what it would be like to be a disciple at this time, watching Jesus die. What it would have felt like to think that just the night before, I was one of them sitting in the garden while Jesus prayed and Jesus wanting me to pray with him, but me not even being able to keep my eyes open, not fully understanding the depth of his anguish when his prayers turned from please take this away to i trust you your will be done and me not fully getting what this all meant and then i imagine that i would go back to the week before the way that jesus entered into a city as a king yet in every way possible portraying absolute peace and humility in direct opposition to the way society would expect a king to enter the city and then i imagine that I would think of all the surprises and how absurdly radical Jesus was at this time. How every time I would think that I would know what he was about to do, based on what I think God cares about most, Jesus would have turned it absolutely upside down. Because Jesus broke most of the rules. He touched the unclean, the untouchables. He was actually friends and associated with people known to break the law and to go against God's ways. He was never once ashamed to hang out and dine with and live life with absolute sinners. And more than that, he welcomed anyone and everyone in. Anyone was always welcome at his table. He stopped to hear people's whole story when he had other places to be. He cared about people that he shouldn't care about, like children and women during that time and he cared about people who were sick and people not contributing to society. He said to love our enemies and he elevated the poor. He served others. He would have served me and he would have served you. He would have washed our feet. He fed those who were hungry and he healed and touched people with diseases that should keep them out of the city. And meanwhile, He didn't seem to give much attention or concern to those who were telling him that God was supposed to be a rash and vindictive God who demands perfection from people or else they're not allowed at the table. Because again, he welcomed all. And then he was being murdered on the cross. And I imagine that anyone that knew him was hoping that he would do something because they knew that he could. They saw his power and his purity and his goodness, and they knew that he did not deserve to die for any reason. And as they were torturing him, and as they were killing him, as he had a choice at any point to say anything to defend himself, he did it again. He turned everything upside down once again. As they are in the act of crucifying Jesus, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. One of Jesus' last three statements before he dies is, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Because the cross is the ultimate act of forgiveness. It's God's way of saying, there's absolutely nothing you can do to me that would make me love you any less. You can do the absolute worst. You can even kill me, and I will not strike back. I love you and forgive you, how can that message be any more clear? But too often, as I was thinking about this, we make Good Friday and the cross about us. The easy route is honestly to walk out of here feeling guilt about our sinfulness and all the evil in the world. We all have it. Every one of us, none of us is without sin, none of us have it together. But when we focus on us, we miss the true weight and the beauty of the cross. Because the cross is so much bigger than just us and our own sin. The cross is about the vastness of the love of God, it is the ultimate symbol of God's absolute, unconditional love for all of humanity. We always talk about our belief in the Trinity of God and Jesus and the Spirit being one. And yes, the Trinity is a mystery. I'm the first to admit that. But Jesus was fully God, and fully man, and fully human, and God's Son, and the Spirit. He and the Father are one. But we often separate God from Jesus at the crucifixion specifically, and forget that God and Jesus are one. The cross is not simply God sending someone else to die, but this is our God being crucified. And it was a choice. All the way through, at any point, Jesus, our God, could have come off that cross. He could have defended himself and protected his life. But instead, as he's being killed, he utters, forgive them. Forgive them. He once again baffles the people's minds about who God is and what God is about. Jesus' whole life on earth was about changing our view of who we thought God was. My friend Kent says it this way. He says, the cross is not meant to change God's mind about humanity, but to change humanity's mind about God. Let me say that again. The cross is not meant to change God's mind about humanity, but to change humanity's mind about God. As I close this time, let me share with you something I read in an devotion this week from Brian McLaren. It says, our thoughts bring us again to the garden last night when Jesus asked if there could be any other way. And now it seems clear. There could be no other way. There could be no other way to show us what God is truly like. God is not revealed in killing and conquest, in violence and hate. God is revealed in this crucified man, giving of himself to the very last breath, giving and forgiving. My hope is that we will leave here tonight, when it's time to go, feeling the depth and the weight and the beauty of the cross, that we can sit in the message and the power of the cross, the message of the deep love that the Father has for you and for all of humanity. And let the weight of that love propel you to give God your soul, your life, and your all.